and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages in Australia and around the world. I'm Lourdes García Larque. Over the last decade, Latin America, with the rise of massive social movements and the election of numerous progressive governments, in a very broad sense, led to a wave of social change and a challenge to the traditional powers and the fierce neoliberal agenda imposed in the region since the decade of the 1970s, bringing changes that have inspired ordinary people from around the world. From the implementation of massive social programs to improve health and education in Venezuela, Bolivia and Ecuador, or the ability to say no to the Continental Americans Free Trade Agreement, or ALTA, due to the strength of Brazil, many changes have strengthened the region, reducing hunger and poverty and bringing a massive proportion of the national wealth into investments for social benefit. Recently, the election of right-wing President Macri in Argentina, the impeachment of Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff, or the unrest caused by anti-government forces in Venezuela, have brought the continent at a crossroads. To talk about some of these issues, Chilean psychologist, writer, journalist and commentator Marta Harnecker visited Australia in mid-May. She participated in a Sydney conference and visited Melbourne to talk at Victoria University in a meeting organized by the Community Identity and Displacement Research Network, an initiative of Victoria University College of Arts, and organized also by Socialist Alliance. Marta Haneker is an author and commentator of over 80 books written in Spanish, many of which have been translated into English. What has been the role of the social movements of the people from below in the social changes that have been implemented in Latin America over the last 15 years? And what are the challenges that the region is facing at the moment? To hear about this, stay tuned. You are listening to Accent of Women. I would begin to say that, as you know, Chile was the pioneer of neoliberalism. It's not England, it's not Great Britain, it was Chile. And uh, that also in America Latina, we became the first in the world to see an alternative to neoliberalism. And this was not a question of leadership. It was not Chavez, not Evo Morales, not Correa. I think that was the fight of social movement during the 90s especially, and the, 20, the, the, the last years of the 20th century, because neoliberalism has caused so many problems to our people. Uh, you know, I won't describe the problems, you know better than I, probably. And uh, they began to react first as resistance, and we have the possibility of getting out governments, presidents, but <coughs> nothing happened about after that. As it, nothing happened, in the world when uprisings of people, mobilizations, go big mobilization and there's not an alternative program, it's not a political instrument that permit that this big manifestation transform in questioning the system. So um, in Latin America, um, liberalism um, 
after being the only, do you remember that in a moment that God says there's no alternative? The only mm. system is that one? Well, in Latin America we want to see, the people began to see that that was not the alternative, that you have to search another way, eh? and that liberal democracy was very, very um, bad seen because the politicians promised things and never accomplished the thing that they promised. And they began to see um, that the, the propaganda of the media, the propaganda you say because yeah. of the same name? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, my English is very limited, that's why I have, uh, how is your name? Sure. Sure. Sean. Sure. Sean. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to help me. <laughs> uh, well, I say that um, uh, neoliberalism uh, began to lose the attraction for the people, or so was not the solution, and even neoliberals now disguise themselves and they say that they want other, they don't, they don't argue that market is the solution, they argue that you have to control market, they have appropriate the language of the, of, of the left, no? So it's, uh, you don't find people that defend in Latin America neoliberalism as such. No? Well, um, this consciousness that uh, the people has arrived to have because of this terrible situation they live uh, permits them to have a distance from the, the media me message that try to convince them that the candidates of the right were the good ones. Well, they had, to, they was able to to have a distance and to elect presidents that. Uh, proposed programs that was were not neoliberal. And that's why we began to win in Latin America leftist government or progressive government of any kind. You cannot say that there is one government equal to the other. Many differences. But there are three governments that I think that are more advanced that are Venezuelan government, Ecuador and Bolivia. And I would like to try to explain the challenge of those governments. But before, I only want to tell you that, well, for being a politician, you have to understand what is correlation of forces. That is to analyze which are the forces of the enemy, which are our own forces. And we think that we have begin to change the correlation of forces between the United States and our countries. And there are many, I, in the book I, I show many of these uh, events that happens in Latin America that shows that we're advancing in the correlation of forces. And one of them is, for example, the, um, well, first, the election of this government different from what the United States would will we, we elect. But then we have, now we have the possibility that we didn't have in the past to meet, to be together, all the governments, Latin America, all, even the more conservative ones, without United States. Before, all our meetings were with United States inside and blocking or boycotting our meetings. This we have UNASUR, we have CELAC, we have, uh, we have also 
and we forget sometimes to say what means Telesur. We have a television, a channel of television that projects our message, our reality, that, that um, uh, rompe el bloqueo mediático. Breaking the mediatic blockade. So before we had only the ideas the, of the dominant ideology, and our people didn't know what was happening in one country and the other country. Now we know. Now we have this information that is very important. Well, but this, you could say, Marta, but now what happened? Argentina, Brazil, even Venezuela, no? But I want to tell you that. We are listening to Chilean commentator and journalist Marta Harnecker talking about the formation of progressive and left-wing governments in Latin America, in particularly the case of Venezuela. You are listening to Accent of Women on Satellite Across Australia. The first years, it seems that we were going advancing, but in 2008, uh, analysts uh, of the situation says that the, the uh, United States project began to be recognized uh, they try to recolonizar, recolonize, you would say? Yes. And disciplinar, disciplining yeah. the continent. So they began to try to do coup d'etat in a different way. They, try, they did the coup d'etat in Honduras. They, they tried to do a coup d'etat in Ecuador. They did the coup d'etat in uh, institutional coup d'etat in Paraguay. So what, are we, what we are seeing today is the continuation of that effort of the United States to control, not to permit the region that was su patio trasero. Or their backyard. Uh, they, they were losing the, the continent that was more in their hands. They were losing it. They were very occupied in other countries, you know. Yeah. That's why perhaps we also... We are able to advance. Well, so um, we the, there is uh, more intense aggression taking advantage of something that we have in many years the possibility of having good prices of our raw material, commodities. I don't know why they employ the, the name commodities and no raw material. I don't know. But I, I prefer, I, I find myself much better with raw materials. No? Well, so the prices were up, and as the more advanced government, what they did was to nationalize what has been privatized, the, the big, uh, the strategical uh, production of some countries, or in the case of Ecuador, it was not privatized because the indigenous, indigenous and social movement has fight against privatization. Mm. No? So, in the case of re-nationalize, or in the case of Ecuador, in both cases, the governments took, I, I would say, in the case of Ecuador, and also in Venezuela case, petrol. The petrol was in the hands of the state but in a bourgeois state before Chavez, mm -hmm. and all the profit went out of the country, and was one of the countries where uh, was more poverty, mm -hmm. even if it was the most rich country. Mm -hmm. 
No? The difference between the rich and the poor was incredible. Well, this is, um, in the same case, happened with the case of um, Ecuador. No, <coughs> um, no the, the, uh, oh, sorry. When, uh, when some, some people think that what, when Chavez recovered the petrol was that he has renationalized the petrol. No, it was in the hands of the state. The problem was that you have to distinguish who has the property, the, the um, juridical property, and who is managing mm -hmm. the petrol. And the petrol was managed by managers that were related to the elite, to the oligarchy of Venezuela. And even if there was a state enterprise, all the money went out of the country. So what, what did Chavez, when he was attacked and from the coup d'etat, and he win the coup d'etat with the support of the army and the people, no? he get out of those, all those managers, and uh, also put other people of their project to direct the petrol, to manage the petrol. So he recovered the profit that went out of the country and dedicate that, what in Venezuela would say, sembrar el petróleo, to seed the petrol in social uh, missions, no? uh, education, uh, food, uh, health, etc., etc., universities open to every people, etc., etc. No? Um, well, so we have, we, that's why this government having this profit or this uh, surplus now dedicated to social um, tasks has the possibility of resolving many problems, needs of the people. Mm -hmm. But when the crisis came now and the prices came down, this is a big difficulty of this government. That's why we are living this very difficult situation now. No? But uh, I want to, to do a little turn mm -hmm. to arrive to that point, what is happening now. Um, what, what happened when Chavez triumphed and then um, he's, he, I, you know that he was the leader of an insurrectional movement mm -hmm. in the front. The first thing that he thought is we have to get out of this bourgeois state and this president by an army insurrection. But then he was defeated, he went to jail, he went out of jail, and he went to all the country to see, uh, to, to visit the people, mm -hmm. and to spread insurrection. But the people didn't want, they want peace. So he changed, and he said, well, okay, I will go to elections, but I will change the rules of the game. That is very important. If we advance by the pacific way, we need to, to modify the rules of the game, because the rules of the game, the institutional laws, the constitution of the countries, are for the bourgeois, for the system, the capitalist system. So you have to change that. And that's the first <coughs> battle that Chavez won. And that's also the first battle that in Ecuador and in Bolivia, after being elected president, they call for constituent assembly to change the rules of the game. And with that, um, with the government and, and cadres, revolutionary cadres in the government, because we have had 
some governments in Latin America that they say left it, but they did. They were not revolutionary cadres. You have to have revolutionary cadres, and with this uh, limited power, you can do many things. In, instead of the opinion of some radical left that thinks that you have to destroy the state to be able to do something. We have demonstrated in Latin America that taking the government with cadres, we can change the rules of the game, the new constitution, work with the army, uh, trying to transform the army in serving the people, not in repressing the people. No? We can attack the, the strategic points of capitalism in the strategic enterprises. Not, a, not We cannot probably, and in the case of Bolivia and Ecuador, they have used um, <laughs> private uh, management of uh, state enterprises no, to be able to do them um, productive because they didn't have the cadres to produce in the case of gas in Bolivia or uh, petrol in Ecuador, they, they use the management of a private enterprise. But the profit or the surplus came to the country, didn't go outside. And what the enterprise, the private enterprise win is as like uh, the 10th part of what they had in the past. No? So they had to, in some time, to, to use capitalist uh, System in to and also alliance with medium uh, and middle capitalists that wants to produce for the plan of the state for the ideas of developing the market for the the person that receives more salary and needs to buy things. Mm -hmm. So the capitalists are benefit beneficiary mm -hmm. of this wide market that is created by this government. And uh, there could be a certain alliance against the transnational, because the enemy, the big enemy, are the transnational. And one of the things that I think is very important is to know which is the principal enemy. Sometimes mm -hmm. we don't, we 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 don't uh, focus on the essential principal enemy, and we think that the, all the bourgeoisie will be the enemy. And that is, I think, is an error, and that's why I am also uh, accused of by reformists, because you know the radical left. If you think that you can work with some capitalists, uh, making them work for you, not submitting for their project, they had to collaborate with our project. That is the, the important, not to submit to the other. And one of the problems in Brazil has been that one, that instead of they, they really were very engaged with what the capitalists wanted to do. No? So uh, I want to tell you the difficulties, if you haven't thought about, the difficulties of this new path to the alternative society, because I think that this government or these countries, even with all his problem, they are making steps to the alternative society. I say they, they are in a transition to socialism. Even a little transition, is, is not, uh, the steps they have done are not big steps, but there are steps that I think that approach to that objective. We cannot speak about the objective, it's in the book, and we have talked long 
in, uh, in Sydney about that, no? So uh, the problem is that you have to begin thinking that they have a little quantity of power. They have to conquer the power. They have, in general, the media are, most of the media are in favor of the past, of the, of the dominant classes in the past, not of the new project. No? They have the inherited culture that is terrible, a culture of individualism, non-solidarian, no? of uh, paternalism. Uh, the, other, the ancient government has um, habituated the people to receive solution from the state, and the only thing that you did was, if you were a community that were organized, to write a paper demanding, I want, I want that signatures, or wasn't that, no? Instead of, uh, well, so all these kind of things, um, and also the problem that when they arrived to the government, they had to demonstrate that they are democratic, because the United States uh, attacks the different governments in Latin America before, because they were dictatorship. Cuba is a dictatorship. Uh, um, Sandinists were a dictatorship. So it's very important to try to um, put a blockade for the invasion, army invasion of the United States, to demonstrate that they are democratic. So they had to do elections, many elections. But doing elections, you know what is elections. You are now preparing an election. And what does the party, what does the social organization do? They concentrate in the election, and in, in the case of Latin America, they, they were trying to do um, discussions in the communities, uh, little plans in the communities, protagonists in the communities. Well, this is abandoned because come the election, and the election, and the elections. And uh, this is um, complicated. And many times, <coughs> unhappily, we copy the way that the bourgeois did do the elections, um, promoting candidates as you, you, uh, you, ¿cómo se llama? you sell a product, you know? instead of using the election for education, because the elections should be used by the left for educating the people, the new project, the new, the new style of doing politics, people that goes and do the program with the people, take the ideas of the people, organize the people. So the election, if you lose, you have win, because you have more consciousness and more organization. But sometimes the left didn't do that. <laughs> so all these kind of things um, makes you understand that it's very difficult to, to, to advance in this way. You know? But even that, they have advanced quite a lot. So um, I wanted to tell you only to finish because I know that you have questions and perhaps I can develop more, that um, coming here, Michael says to me that Fred Fuentes, my translator and your comrade in many of, um, has sent a, um, a co uh, the resolutions of the par um, Workers' Party in Brazil. I don't know if somebody has read it. It's two mm -hmm. days ago, there was a, a, a meeting of the direction of the, of the that party doing a balance of what happened in Brazil. And happily, they had done a very autocritical uh, report. No? And there, they say one of the key 
weakness of the party was not to organize the people, to make agreements in the top between leaders of the parties, even to go into the center, no? and of forgetting that the, that the Communist Party, I would say, that the Workers' Party came from the movement, came from the unions, no? came from the workers mobilized. So they say that they have to correct that, and they have to, to push the organization of the workers, of the people, and the union of the different sectors of the left. And that is something, because I, when I came here and I, they, they say prospect, and, and we are a little depressed with the situation in Latin America. <laughs> but you have to think that there is a defeat, but a defeat because errors that can be corrected. We have the force, we have the social movement, the experience of fight, the rejection of neoliberalism that is not forgotten. So we have to recover that and to organize the people. And that's why I'm optimistic in this little pessimism, momentaneous, no? Mm -hmm. uh, because we have the potential. And they have learned, and this is what Chavez, if we admire Chavez, is because he understood quite well this conception of politics, the revolutionary politics that I describe in one of my books, that is the art of making possible what you, you seem to, you see as impossible in this moment, because you construct the correlation of forces, the forces that will change, but these forces are not political name, this politician or this politician, join, is social force, organization of the people. listen to Chilean writer, journalist, and commentator Marta Harniker talking about social change and challenges in Latin America today. That's all we have time of today's Accent of Women. If you want to hear this show again or any of our other programs, you can download the podcast from the 3CR website, www.3cr.org.au, that's with the digit 3 and not spelled out in letters. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR and is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network. If you want to get in touch with the producers of this show, you can contact us on accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning into the show today. I'm Lourdes García Larque, and I look forward to your company again in our next program. <laughs>